You are now tuned into Accelerate to Great Podcast with Nehemiah Davis, a podcast for aspiring and established entrepreneurs looking for their next level of greatness. Welcome back to another episode of Accelerate the Great. I'm your host, Nehemiah Davis, and I'm pumped up about today's episode. Two reasons why. Number one, we got an absolutely incredible guest. And number two, we're actually doing a live podcast. So listen, you may hear some mistakes. You may hear the audio, but we're in my office. We're at the actual Greatness Center. And you guys already know how I do. I commit first, figure out the rest later. I'm not worried about perfectionism because perfectionism, as I always tell you guys, it breeds procrastination, right? And all we know is about executing and getting the job done. So today's guest, um, it brings me a great honor to be able to sit here with you today. And uh, I just wanted to first say you're incredible. And second, I wanted to say who you coach is incredible. I've been knowing Devin for the last several years and we did a lot of charity events together and you're just an incredible guy. So when you told me um, you were coming in town, you said, hey, I would love to be able to set up a live podcast with you. And I'm like, man, I have to do that. Like he knows everybody, Andy Priscilla, Ed Milet, just everyone. So I knew you were a value, period, because I already were following you. But without further ado, I would like to introduce our guest, David Meltzer on the Celebrate the Great. How you doing? Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Very happy to today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for being in Philly and actually uh, taking time to uh, be on the interview. So we were we were sitting around earlier. Um, I had the opportunity to come to a little mastermind that you and uh, Devin had. And one of the biggest takeaways that I got was how you treat your time. Can we, uh, we're going to jump into your story, but I want to hear, like, how do you value time? Because you talk about you don't go to sleep, you fall asleep because you, you, you were productive throughout the day. Yeah, so it's interesting because most people don't understand time's a periods of time, I want to get this done by this time, you actually create resistance. So I look at things a little differently than value. So everyone has the mandate comes from the 24 hours. In that time frame, we have activities. And one of the activities that everyone does and spends the most time on is sleeping. But yet, nobody, except me, I spend so much time studying sleep. Because I want my sleep to be productive and accessible. Not only is it an activity, but it's an activity that ranges mostly in the subconscious and the unconscious mind. Where in the conscious mind, we have about 10,000 new thoughts a day, new things we say, do, and act on. But in the subconscious mind, that's really powerful because we have 40,000 of the same thoughts generated all day and night. And if we're not controlling that, if we're not studying that, if we're not being productive and accessible with it, you can wake up more tired than when you went to bed. I wake up every morning inspired. And that's because I'm utilizing every activity in my life. If it's not at center, being inspired, an inspired activity, then I'm fighting my way back to inspiration because I know that an inspired time frame is it actually is a much more productive and accessible time frame than, for example, this podcast sucked. You do the longest 20 minutes of people's life. Like if we inspire people in it, it'll be like, oh, I want more. And so productivity and accessibility is the lens that you look at your activity. Now as an entrepreneur and as a kid entrepreneur, and my new friend over there, I want you to realize that there's two types of activity. One, activity you get paid for, and then two, activity you don't get paid for. It has nothing to do with inspiration, passion, or purpose. People confuse work all the time. They're like, I work, but I get to do everything in my life. If I can't figure out why I get to do it, then I'm not going to do it. I don't have to do anything. Once you get into the realm of have to, 
Now that sounds like work and struggle, resistance, shortage, voids, obstacles. Me, I'm blessed. Everything I get to do, I'm blessed to do. I'm appreciative to do it. And I'm going to be as productive and accessible as I can until you can hear my voice going to travel two straight days. I'm going to pass that. I hope they not on the podcast. No. Hopefully not again. <laughs> not again. It could happen when I'm really tired. So for you, let me ask you, what do you do to prepare to get your subconscious mind? So one of the things I do before I go to bed, I say, you know, money comes easily and frequently. I listen to Jim Rohn. I, I, I listen to things that are kind of what I want, what I want to achieve. I'm listening to a podcast, watching a webinar. Just before I go to bed, I'm putting good in my brain. How do you train the subconscious mind to get there? But yeah. So for me, it's about the minute I wake up. So I'm living my life knowing that I want to wake up at 4 a.m. the next day and be the most productive and successful person. I know that 4 a.m. to 9 a.m. is my time. And I can do two, three, four, five times what most people can do if I utilize my 4 a.m. to 9 a.m. productively and successfully. So I live my life throughout the day to that point so that when it comes time where I'm losing all energy, I sit the same day. As much as I can be thankful for, I think of a lot of times last two words I ever hear every day is gratitude. Thank you. It's a pure truth. And that gives me that perspective. Now, there's certain things that I do to make sure that my subconscious mindset. I sleep at 67 degrees. I have my wife going nuts, but 67 degrees, I'm studying, that's the temperature you used to sleep at. Two, sleep in the same place that you're not doing work. So you should be studying bed. You should only be relaxing things while you're in bed. You should sleep in darkness. Like you should sleep without sound. All those things are, are things that you can do so that your subconscious mind can program itself and regenerate. What happens in the subconscious mind is you create neural pathways. And that's where habits are from. And the truth is, in life, what you want to do is the more, whoever has the most good habits wins. It's that simple. Right? But my whole construct is to create a habit machine. I'm not worried about what my habits are. I'm focusing a step in front of that. How can I have a habit machine so if I all of a sudden say, I want to get in the habit to learn Mandarin, I'll just input it in my body, my mind, and my soul will be right on target. If I can make adjustments in my life, then I'm going to, for example, one of the things I adjusted as a leader, in the olden days, so different strategies were to inspire me before. So it was a little bit harder, right? People have a thicker skin. So I would use what I call public hands. I take the strongest employee that I had. When they made a mistake, I would yell. So the whole office could hear, and I knew this person could take it, but everyone else can get harmed by it. Well, it's so sensitive now that I had to change that, and it's a hard habit to break. So I literally had to have a machine, I said, I'm not going to do public games anymore. I'm using more inspired, positive, productive way. When someone makes a mistake, I'm going to try to put through understanding, as well as the miracle of what lessons you learn. So now I'm going to dummy text. I go through everybody in the office, and I say, what's the biggest mistake that you've made? How did you affect their business and why did you make it? What have you learned from it? I go around and I make a bonus to whoever made the biggest mistake. So now I'm actually shifting the energy so people are encouraged to make mistakes. If you're not making mistakes, you're not living. I don't want anyone around me that doesn't make mistakes. This Bible just sit at home. I want you to make big mistakes, not twice. You start making it twice and then gotcha. So let me ask you a question that's good, because you raised, you know, you built several million dollar businesses. You said you lost millions. So what was your what would you say was one of your biggest mistakes that you learned from that kind of changed the direction for you? For me, it's ego. And so humility is a key word. I put two words right after humility next to my bed. Uh, I encourage any young entrepreneurs to kid who 
was my biggest mistake in life was I didn't ask for help. Because I had great success economically right out of law school, um, I just continued to think that I knew everything. And I still see today the biggest tragedy, even in my own life, is when I'm not asking for help. I'm not humble enough to say, hey, do you know about this for I do. Can you help me? In fact, I'm probably the oldest guy on the internet, right? I've got the biggest following on Instagram for a little bit. But it's because I went and asked for help from the young guys. Right? I went to Gary Vee humbly and, and said, hey man, can you help me? But he also asked me for help. He doesn't know about sports agencies and create a sports, and he was humble. We're both humble. He knows so much that he can teach me. I know so much that I can teach him. So radical humility is the biggest lesson that not only I learned in the past, but I'm still learning today. Whenever I can first start making those mistakes, it's going to be like ego. So how often do you ask for help? Because you know at a point in time when you just, a lot of people sometimes they look for help. All they do is just take, 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 take. So it's a point where, you know, you got to give value too. Are you immediately asking for help or are you giving value first? Let me get that clarification because I absolutely live by the shifting the paradigm of value. I don't ask for help unless I have some value that I've given. And asking for help is not just from people. I ask it from the universe. I'm a big faith guy. Right? I put faith in what I want. And what truly proves that I put faith in what I want is those who give unconditionally to others are putting faith in what they want. I know that's a concept and a conflict that most people don't understand. If you truly trust you put faith in the universe, faith in God, faith in whatever you believe in, and all you are is unconditional service and providing value to others, and then you ask big for help, you know, you create a void that the universe will come when you get into that cycle. When you trust it, I still I don't know a lot of checks to change, I don't have time. I do you know, all types of things to help other people. And I'm still fighting the scarcity that there's not enough. You know, I still got kids that I go to college, graduate school, I got weddings and three daughters. You know, should I do this? And then I realize, no, that's not the faith. I'm putting faith in what I want. Faith is, is more than enough for me and more than enough to go through me for me. Say that faith part again is more than enough for there's more than enough for me. So I live in a world with more than enough. There's more than enough for me, but most importantly, there's more than enough to go through me. And I appreciate it. I'm grateful for it. But I add value to it, and then I give it away. So there's more than enough. Brother, three worlds people live. Not enough. And that's about how much you have. But I got friends with big ass houses in Newport Beach. Sorry about my neighbors. Big houses in Newport Beach. And that always go down. I live in a world that have I got friends like I live, just enough. Every month, the bills come at just enough. They live in a world of just enough. No matter how much money those people have, they'll always not have enough or live in a world of just enough. But when you can have faith that there's more than enough for everything for everyone, then you live in a world, no matter what you have, of more than enough and abundance comes upon you so that you can benefit others with the same feeling, the same emotion, the same faith. That's huge. So for you, um I heard you earlier, you were just talking about how you're just a salesman, right? You work your way up the ranks being a salesman. What's some things you learned of being a good salesman? Because I think more people should sell. Like, a lot of people, that's why I teach entrepreneurship, I'm like, sell. Because you can literally go make what you want. You can, you're an effective communicator. If you're a salesman, then you're an effective communicator. You know how to talk, you know how to network. 
that skill is like an undeniable skill to get you anything you want in the world. So I know it took you very far up the ranks at Samsung, I believe you said, um, the CEO of that. And I'm sure it's still helping all your members. I still work on the sports agency in the world. Warren Newman, like 10 years ago, started the most important for a marketing company together. So selling is this. And it doesn't matter if you do it for money or not. Selling is people buy on emotion and for logical reasons. So what I learned to do is to connect to people. I connect to people emotionally, and then I give the reasons of Mexican goods. Then I use, you know, different things like make yourself equal to make yourself different. Then I use things like if you're not ready to, to walk, you're not ready to sell. I live by and by the drive, which is a sales tool, which is my life mission. One, what I try to do in the world is stimulate interest for good causes. So that's the first thing that we sell, stimulate interest. Two, transition interest. So I stimulate your interest by connecting emotionally to you. How do we connect emotionally? I simply say, you know, oh, 76ers. Dr. J's my favorite player. Oh, that's my second. Wait, I have an emotional connection. Now I got you. In fact, I study history because I want to know the more thing, human nature. The more I understand human nature, the more I can figure out what do you like, what don't you like, what are you doing today, and how can I be of service? Then I can provide value once I know those questions. What are the reasons you're doing it? What impact does it have on your life? What capabilities do you have on your need? If I can fulfill some of that with some of my value, I can create a quantitative result to that. Right? And it, it's extraordinary. You have to have faith when you do that. So you stimulate interest, transition interest, share a vision. Now, most people think in sale, this is what I mean. When I make a sale, that's all my sales horses I ran. You sales horses. Oh, I made a sale. I said, you didn't make a sale. I said, you share a vision. You're 20% done. No, no, I got a signed contract. I said, oh, did you, you delivered it? No. I said, you're only 20% done. Because you got to manage and develop a vision. That's the fourth step. If you can manage and develop the vision that you promised, if you can manage and develop, I'd say meet the expectations, because I find it very rare that a salesperson can meet the true expectations that they promised. But if you manage and develop a vision, then it will thrive. Step five. Five will thrive. Stimulating interest, transition interest, share vision, manage and develop a vision, and then thrive. Great companies thrive. Why? Because when I'm sitting on the airplane, some guy sees me with my ear pods, and he says, I didn't like those. I'm like, oh my God, I love them. I know, they work, you know, I didn't like them. I didn't think I wanted them. The boys at the office bought them for me, told me how, and it changed my life. That was not paying me anything. Right, right. But all of a sudden, I got six people on the plane going, can I try to live? Can I buy, where do you, how much were they? I'm selling for them. We do the same thing in the life. Same thing. Same thing. Somebody bought me those. I'm like, man, I don't, I said, I wasn't going to buy them. Just thought it was ridiculous. And not that the 180 was a lot. I'm like, headphones, they were selling them for 25, 180. But when he bought them, I lost them. I went and bought another pair. I'm like, once you get them, like, yeah, need them. That's right. But it's even better to know that you can do that. You take young entrepreneurs and you stimulate their interest. You transition them and share a vision saying, hey, there's a way to live your life. You create it. You were talking earlier, and I, I believe in this, but you can't achieve it unless you see it. You know, I, I had a class like this. And we did a big, hey, draw where you want to be, where you want to be. And it was kids about 12 years old. And one more in the back, he wasn't drawing anything. All of a sudden, I saw his face light up. He draws, collect all the pictures. Everybody leaves. I looked at it, and it was a picture of a piece of the river. So we talked to his mom and said, I have no worry, your son, that's his life for me. He said, oh, that's a 
know, his dad's in jail, his uncles are dead, his old male role model is a pizza delivery. He, he, that's his vision. But we gotta show other things. That's why the circle, you know, the greatest academy and living here in the accelerated greatness. My own, my mom, I grew up six kids, single mom, two bedroom apartment, and half of Ohio. But the one thing my mom did was share a vision. Right? Share a vision that you can get educated, you can do whatever you want, you can be whatever you want to be. Started exposing us to people that were successful in different areas, like yourself, exposing all the people, the young people. Once they see it, you know what they say in their mind? Because I, I said it when I saw it. You're not smarter than that guy. Right? Oh, I'm better athlete than that guy. Well, he could do it. That's what my favorite thing about myself is I, look, I love LeBron James. I look at LeBron James, but I know I can never be that. Right? But when people look at Dave Meltzer, there's no doubt they're like, oh, dude, that guy played football in college? Oh my God, that guy made a million dollars? I can do it. I like that about myself. It's not being humble, it's just being honest that, hey man, everybody can do it. I'm just not you know, this immersive character that I can never be you know, Warren Buffett. Be approachable. And it's, and it's funny you say it because my favorite quote is once your mind is expanded to a new concept or idea, it's hard to go back to its original way of thinking. So when I uh, when I worked at my, well, first off, when I when I was in ninth grade, my mom sent me to the school where I was a minority, but I grew up in a drug infested neighborhood. So in the neighborhood, the only people I looked up to were like drug dealers. I'm like, man, that's how I can live like that. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm gonna do that. But then she sent me to another school, and then when I'm at this new school, like my friends had mansions, their dads owned million dollar companies. We used to spend a night, they had a pool house, horses, four wheelers all on the property. I'm like, hold on, you tell me this life actually exists, right? I ended up getting kicked out of that school, but I took that, <laughs> I took that vision, because I still was, I was, in, I was still in the chore. Yeah. But I went at my last job, which was at the private airport. And it took me back to my favorite quote, once your mind is expanding to a new concept or idea. But I'm seeing millionaires, billionaires. I know you talked about the golf stream earlier, you had a golf stream. Like, I've seen all these people getting off of these jets. I'm like, oh, everybody there, they were so small-minded. They was like, oh, it must be nice. And in my mind, I'm like, it will be nice, right? Yeah. I, I held that vision, and I said then, like, I'm going to uh, fly a jet one day right from this job. Eventually, I got fired from that job. But that job was the spark to make me want to be an owner. Because I realize you can't own a jet or do that unless you're an owner. You have to own something. You gotta. You have to be high up somewhere in order for that. So fast forward nine years later, I was finally able to go on the jet, right? But I held the vision, and most people don't held the vision. One thing I actually took Corey on the jet with me on the Gulfstream Four. But now he's like, oh man, no one would never, never took me on the jet. I didn't know a jet even exists. So to be able to do that. For him, I, it wasn't for me. It was for me, but to bring somebody with me, and I know it could potentially change your life. So, if you listen to the podcast today, I just want people to know, like exposure. That's the number one thing I think that can literally spark interest to, like, oh, I actually have more people. Yeah, and the reason is, is that in order to get what you want, you have to be able to pay attention to it. So, if we're not aware of it, how can we pay attention to it? I Meaning, we can't have clarity, balance, and focus on that. And when we do that, it, it, it's very simple. There's a big database out there. I call it the field of attention. But people want to know, how do I allow the field of attention to come to me, right? The law of attraction, they call it, balance. Well, you have to actually, law of attraction includes action. And one of those actions is paying attention to what you want. Well, if we don't know what it is, if, if we don't see it, there's no way we can ever draw it down from the database. 
So the more exposure that we give to all types of different people, careers, material items, I, I think that's fine, right? We can live, because I, I believe you know, it's not the money that makes us happy, it's the ability to shop. Mm -hmm. If we shop for the right things, we can be really, really happy. And you know, allow, like I love the fact that you're like, you know, my favorite thing about flying private, and I don't do it as often, because I like to save money and send books out for free, uh, but sometimes I have to. And my favorite part is that people have never been before. And, and, and the reason is, is I want them to experience it and then take it away and say, you know what, that was cool, but it ain't worth it. Because that's a realization that I came. Like very rarely, you know, I, I have to have a strong ROI to get onto a jet. And there are some cool systems out there, that, you know, sometimes for me, private jets are cheaper right. than taking commercial. Right. And that makes sense. But I love the fact that, you know, my son has been on private jets since he was a tiny little boy. You don't call them smaller big planes, but his perspective is different. And I don't like this plane. Right? He'd, he'd rather fly because he doesn't have the judgment and the value, the insecurity that I have. That you know, I want to be rich, right? This was a symbol. I drove a Ferrari for one reason. I wanted people to think I was successful. Right? That car sucks. Right. It broke down all the time. I drove it too much. It broke down. I drove it very little. It broke down. It got dented. It cost a fortune. It exposed, you know, my anatomy of women, my tree anatomy, you know, insecure. The weirdest one was, I thought people would think I was great by driving that car, and they all thought I was an asshole, because my name was again. But literally, it didn't do what I wanted it to do. You know, people laugh, but I get out of a car and jump into my Chevy Bolt, and I've had pretty famous people go, come on, that's David Melcher's car. And my phone is like, yeah, that's his car. Doesn't use any gas, they're back. He loves it. Because right. you know? now, I mean, because that's where I'm at now, it's like, you probably had had everything you want to get anything you want, and I'm like, for me, I'm noticing I get things, and I'm like, man, what's next? Like, anytime I get something, I'm like, what's like, been on the jets, like, all right, what's next? Yeah. Get the car you want. What's next? Get the house you want. So I'm always on the uh, mindset of what's next. So what's kind of next for you, and how do you like what is next? Because if you had everything, what else do you want? Like, yeah. So for me, it's not about me. So I created that matrix of things going through me. Gotcha. So I want more for my wife, more for my daughter, my son, more for my mom, more for my immediate family, more for my employees and my associates, more for my community, more for my country, and more for the world. And so in order to do that, I have to be successful. I believe in profitability first. I, I, I want more to come through me because I love the feeling of not only economically helping others, but empowering others and empower others. Because if you have one person at a time, I can empower you, but if I can empower you to empower others to empower others, imagine as we empower Dallas and my kid for doing there, we're affecting millions of people. I hope you two community centers last year in Africa. And I'll have to think of myself as all is an empowerment center. And I'm thinking, wow, if I live long enough, I wonder how many millions of people will die to change from this one thing. This one thing. And if that doesn't fire you up, there will always be enough for me. I've had it, I know. I'm one of those guys that build different because I am very spiritual, but I'm like very materialistic in the fact that I want everyone to I want everyone to fly by. I want everyone to own a Porsche or a Ferrari and that house that they want. And I want you to learn from it. And because if you have the power to have that, you can do a lot with it. 
And the truth is, you deserve it. If, if some people do. If you enjoy a Ferrari, then keep the goddamn thing. Keep it. Right? But have the ability to keep on allowing other things to come through you. You know, there's, there's part of everyone that's ego-based. And no matter what, there's always going to be fear, guilt, resentment, inferiority, superiority, separateness. There's going to be selfishness. You know, but you cannot be self. You cannot be selfless without selfless, selfish. Because you have nothing to give. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give gratitude if you don't have it. You can't give forgiveness if you don't have it. You can't give love if you don't love yourself. How are you gonna love anybody else? I, you know, I had a mentor of mine teach me. He kept saying, "Learn to love you," and I was like, "What is he talking about? Learn to love me? I, I gotta focus on helping other people." He goes, "You, you don't even know your value." You would be mad at me. You don't know your own worth. And I started realizing, I don't. I'm not worthy of all that I have. I felt guilty. I, I worked really hard for what I have. And I felt guilty because my mom made 12 grand a year and I made 12 million a year. What's that? I felt guilty. I didn't feel worthy of it. That's not a good, healthy way to be. But when I started to love myself by helping other people and doing the things that I do and wearing every day the best I can, I'm a hypocrite like anyone else. This is shit, stuff that I want to do for me. But I'm on the same journey. And I told someone today, like, how, how do you do that? Stay so motivated, stay so positive, be so kind, give everything. I said, first of all, I'm not this way all the time. Just, you know, that's why I'm not on the housewives or Orange County. Right. But they see how imperfectly perfect I am. But I am, I'm imperfect. And if you want to test yourself, any dads out there, go ahead. You walk outside, I wake up at 4 a.m. I woke up one morning, I walked up at 4 a.m. and my 17-year-old daughter's car wasn't there. Okay, you try to be perfect. Try to be perfect. There's tons of situations. The difference is I go back to center really quick. And I forgive myself now. I don't, I said, we here to beat themselves up. You beat yourself up all the time. You worry about what other people think. Get off a podcast, go, oh man, I didn't say this word correctly. People. But when I start, I'm like, man, I messed up. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not, but I'm like, it's part of it. It's the best part of it. I did an interview with, um, it was one of my favorite ones. Remember Bull Durham, the movie? Robert Bull, or Armist. Somebody's old enough to know these shows. But anyway, he's a famous actor. And I screwed up the interview, and he literally, he like, do they actually pay you to do this? This may be the worst question I've ever heard in the middle of the interview. And like, uh, don't worry, I'll, I'll start over. And he goes, no, dude, this, that's the good stuff. This is the good stuff, man. Making mistakes. It's what we live for. And it's just, if we don't keep making mistakes, we don't know how quickly we move back to center. And here's how it works. If you stay on the trajectory of the truth, your potential, it's gonna be very simple, effortless. Like, what's your prayer at night? I love that. It's an effortless prayer, prayer at night that you do. Oh, uh, affirmations, you think? At night, when you go to bed, you have an effortless prayer about your life being effortless or something. Oh, money comes easy, frequently and abundantly. Right, right, right. Frequently, yeah. that's effortless. Yeah. Right, that's the projection of your potential. What happens to people is we go off in an ego-based trajectory. Right? We feel guilty, resentful, not worthy, inferior, superior, separate, anxious, fearful. I'm sure no one out there feels like that, like me. But when we do, if, if we stay that way, we wonder why, right? What we're doing is putting faith in what we don't want. And I promise you one thing, you put faith in what you don't want, you get what you don't want. Every time. And so you gotta remember, okay, awareness. Oh shoot, I feel guilty. Guilty's not a healthy thought. It's an ego-based thought. I'm gonna go back to center. Oh, I feel angry. Angry's not a healthy thought. I feel not worthy. Not healthy. 
So that awareness, that practice, and as much, I tell this probably five times a day to people, and I still do it myself. I still catch myself going, why am I mad? Why am I insecure? Like literally, why am I insecure? Why do I, I know this is just an illusion. I should be productive and accessible helping other people and getting what I want to help other people. So for you, um, what are some things you're working on now to even gain more success? Any, any books you read, any, anything you're doing to personally develop to take you even further than you are right now? Yeah, the most significant thing that I'm reading is a thing called The Course in Miracles. The Course in Miracles? Course in Miracles. Mm -hmm. course in Miracles. And uh, The Course in Miracles is a very difficult text, uh, but I found that a lot of my mentors all had it in common. So mentors that are passed away already, Mentors, you know, great thought leaders in the world, uh, physics, you know, Nobel Peace, Peace Prize winners, they all study this text and I study it every day. And um, it is showing me the fluidity of what I believe is the secret to life, which is happiness, is the enjoyment of the consistent everyday, persistent without quit pursuit of your potential. If you want to know what happiness is, it's enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. That will keep you inspired. Just pursuing the greatness that you have every day. And this text, uh, you know, I tell people, the best piece of advice I can give you is to say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. You do that for 30 straight days, I promise you your life will change. Everybody in here, if I ask you, can you say thank you twice a day for 30 straight days, they would raise their hand. Here's the saddest thing. Half the people here tonight won't say thank you. By the next morning, another half will say thank you. Within three days, most of us would stop saying thank you. That's how far we're in our own way. Now, I have been with the great thought leaders, Bob Proctor, you know, unbelievable, you know, Tony Robbins, all agree, but they all agree. I've studied physics, metaphysics, but they all agree that thank you is the easiest way to change your life. I get to, I don't got to, right? Gratitude, everything I'm thankful for, it's just the lessons. But yet, this is what a hypocrite I am. I know it to be true. I do it, I do it now every day. I say thank you. Took me nine months. I'm just gonna be honest. Took me nine months to say thank you for 30 straight days without missing a day. We're so far in our own way. Our ego gets in our own way and it forces us. It's like we're afraid to be great. You ever hear that? Don't be afraid to be great. We're afraid to be great. We know gratitude will make you great. But yeah, we can't do something every day. So what I work on is that consistency, and it goes back to the very beginning. You have a cellular memory. The only way we can get inputs and data, those 10,000 new thoughts, actions, is every day to be consistent about what we're inputting into our memory, our cellular memory, because that goes into the subconscious, creates neural pathways. It takes about 21 to 30 days to create a new neural pathway. That means a habit can be formed. That means now when we go to sleep, we're working for us, not against us. And when that happens, there's something really cool that happens called an unconscious competency. There's two sides of it. One is genetics. And you'll get this. That's why that neighborhood is so important to you. Personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addiction. That, that is a genetic problem. It's in your DNA. So you look at your grandparents or great-grandparents and you believe in past lives, you can't even be aware of it. But you have inherited those personality traits, characteristics, you actually, by consistent behavior, can activate and deactivate your DNA. You can change your personality. You can change your obsessions. You can turn them into things that are helpful. 
Right. I'd much rather be addicted to drinking water than drinking tequila. Right. I'd much rather be addicted to working out than to shooting up heroin. Right? I'd much be more addicted to helping people than stealing. But people are addicted to all those things, or gambling. Right? I'd rather be addicted to that. Why not activate? What if you're unhealthy? You know, our basic health state is being healthy. We want to activate the healthy genes, deactivate the unhealthy genes. That's how some people can have stage four cancer miraculously, they're healed. They deactivated the genetics. Now, even more impressive is the energetic unconscious competency. And this is very true. Everyone's going to understand this. Why is it I think, say, and do all the right things? I even believe the right things, but I keep attracting the same thing in my life. I'm stuck. Like people tell me all the time, Dave, I'm stuck. I keep attracting the same, same problems, shortages, voids, obstacles. I keep attracting the same people, different faces. You know, anyone's dating out there, I see it all the time. I have read out. I'll never date a guy like that again. Next guy, same dude, different shape. Right? Why? Because they're attracting unconsciously. So we have to shift our energy. How do we do that? Consistent behavior. And remember, two minutes a day is worth way more than an hour on a Saturday. To lower the bar, just do stuff every single day. And the body and the mind will respond. So many times I don't want to work out. I'm religious about working out. And I just tell myself, you know what? I'm just going to work. You know that easy bike, the one that sits like this? So I tell myself, you know what? I'm going to go work out. And I'm just going to sit on the easy bike, listen to my Wayne Dyer, and then I'll stretch for half an hour. Still, I know that's healthy. The last time, because I'm you know, fight, fighting this little voice thing, before I got on the plane, I'm like, up at four, I'm like, oh God, I don't feel like doing this. I told myself, I'm just gonna do that. By the time I got to the gym, I was right back running three miles, super fast, back on the weights, and I felt great. So just lower the bar, do stuff every day, like that. conscious, subconscious, and unconscious. You want your unconscious, you want, there's idiots out there, everyone knows them. Like, how's that guy make all that money, have a beautiful family, they, he, I got nothing in here. Why? Because he has an unconscious competency. Can't be. Consistent. I mean, that's the same thing. And, and I, I tell a lot of people, I'm like, man, I be looking at people, I'm like, man, you would be you better than me. Like, you're more talented. You could do way better. You're smarter than me. But I'm like, the reason why I beat a lot of people is because I just never stop. Like, I see a lot of entrepreneurs, they start, they stop, they start, they stop. And I'm just keep going. No matter what failures are in my way, no matter what's going wrong, no matter how many times I mess up. And I realize I'm beating people because I'm making the decision that don't stop no matter what. So if you listen to here today, guys, I want to say how important it is just not to stop. Like, stopping is just like stay in business. I mean, you guys know what's your best piece of advice for business? First thing I do every day is I guarantee I'm going to be in business tomorrow. Because if I can stay in business, eventually I'll, it's like breathing. As long as I'm breathing, I know i got a chance. It's like I can drive from here, Philadelphia, home tonight. I can drive from here all the way home tonight, at night, only at night, only seeing three feet in front of me. But people don't see that. They're trying to look out 16 miles ahead. Right? And that's the start that stop me. I'm very present. I know what I want to do in my home. I know my values change. I love change. I'm you know, one of the few people that love change. Most of the only wet babies love change. I love change. And when I see change, I know something good's happening. Other people get scared. They retract. Not me, I expand. When things are changing, I think something good is happening. And it's taken years for me to get there. It's like putting faith in saying, the universe, God, it has something better for me. Not something worse. That's the only choice you have. Most things are changing. Most people go, oh no, things are changing. That means something worse is coming. 
It's not what I plan. Not me. I know there's a higher source. There's, I, I put faith in it. True faith. And I'm like, oh, I'm going the wrong direction. That's why things are changing. Someone's taking care of me. I'm living in God's favor. So guys, we're pretty much about to wrap it up. Tell people how they can support you, where they can get your book. I'm sure it's all over Amazon. Yeah. That's where now people can kind of stay in touch with you. Yeah, uh, at David Meltzer, my Instagram. You can Google me, David Meltzer. I'm plugging in the show notes. That'd be great. Um, I don't, you know, my book is available on Amazon, but uh, I prefer people really need it. Uh, DM me, uh, and I will send you my book. I'll pay for shipping. Um, you know, I have several books that I've written. I am launching a new book, June 14th, about business strategies. That will be business strategies from the greatest stories in sports. So I use sports stories to teach people the great business strategies that I know. Uh, with all our great sports heroes. So uh, the best thing you can do to support me, though, is very simple. Uh, I'm going to be kind to yourself and do good deeds. Just do good deeds, man. Pick up your ass. Open, like, do the unexpected. Take care of the people. But I'm telling you, everybody just was kind and they were doing good deeds. There would be so much abundance in the universe. Everybody would feel so good. There is no reason not to smile at everybody. We are all one. We don't all look alike. Thank goodness. But smile, give a hug, open a door, pick up trash, put the grocery cart back, and start at a young age because people are watching you. It's contagious. I don't tell people what to do, but it's amazing. When I'm at the grocery store and I'm at my car and they see me jogging back, I see the lady that's like flipping it up onto the, the planter. All of a sudden, she's flipping it back down and she's right behind me. People, they watch, and especially your children. Don't tell your children what to do. Just let them watch you. And if you're living the best that you can, they'll get it. They're not going to listen to you, but they'll watch you. That's important. And um, I think you said earlier, did you say about, I think what, you, what we just talked about, listening to your parents for the right things? Yeah. Right? That, that's important, man. Because I see a lot of kids are, I think you should listen to your parents. It's important. But when, when it comes to business and certain things, I don't think you should listen to your parents because their number one objective is to keep you safe, to keep you stability, you said, and make sure you're good. Exactly, right. The, the line is, right, just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. Right. So when your parents know about, you know, if they're giving you advice on staying safe, listen to your parents. When they're giving you advice about alcohol and drugs and premarital sex and things that they know about, listen to your parents. But if your mom's a second grade teacher and she's trying to give you advice on you know, whether or not you should get into technology or be an entrepreneur, she may not be giving you the best advice. So go like a handful of sand, let it fall through. But please, one thing is, whenever someone gives you advice, don't resist it. Just be grateful that somebody cares enough. No one's going to give you advice unless they care about you. It's like when my girls tell each other they hate each other. I ruin their whole argument because I walk up to both of them like, you guys make me so happy. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you care so much about each other, you actually hate each other. Like, I'm doing my job. That's so awesome. Like, all right, go back. It, it takes all the steam out of them. Like, what the heck? Here I am. It's the same thing. Look, some of your friends, your family, you're going to end up resenting them if you take advice that they don't know about. Right. You know, if mom don't cook, don't take cooking advice. It's so I tell them, my grandma used to tell me, like, don't travel. Like, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. And I love my grandma more than anybody, right? But I've been to 54 countries. I'm like, grandma, I've been to all around the world. It's safer in these countries. I could walk out in West Philly and suck happen to me 
without me knowing. I've been the most safest in these countries that you think is bad. Well, Grandma, I can't take your advice on travel because you've never been anywhere. So I just want, if you listen to this, man. That's a stereotypical one. Yeah. Because so, he's trying to protect you. Absolutely. And I think a lot of parents are trying to protect you, but you got to seek advice and do what you love. Because like you said earlier, it's even down to going to college. I don't think there's nothing wrong with going to college, but you got to pay that debt off if you don't love it. You got to live with those decisions that someone else is forcing you to make. So I'm not telling you don't listen to your parents if you listen to Celebrate the Great, but what I am telling you, you got to make decisions based on the things you love, the things that drive you, the things that make you happy. Because if you're not, you're going to live a life that you're going to probably regret. And, and ask for help and get advice from people that have experience. So if you want to go to college, then go talk to people right, that have been to college, that don't go to college, but have been successful at it, and other opportunities and options that you have. That's all. Listen, I appreciate it. It's an incredible episode. Thank you for the value that you delivered today. Um, I, you know, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna start saying thank you uh, at awesome. night when yeah. I wake up. So it was incredible. Your life will change. I guarantee you. We send your free book. Thank you so much. <laughs> so guys, I want to say thank you again for tuning in to celebrate the great again. This is our first live podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a lot of value. Please follow. Please order his book. Please look out for the upcoming book and anything he has going on. He just dropped a tremendous amount of gain and value here, and we're super grateful. So please go follow him on Instagram. Check him out on YouTube. Um, go show some love. Anyone who comes on our show, I want all of our listeners to go spam their comments. Just let them know you appreciate it because that means they'll come back, right? So with that being said, guys, please like, please subscribe, please share out this interview. We're going to continue to accelerate the great and help change the world. Everybody have a great day.